When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. That's why he's been my dentist for the last 26 years. I'm telling you, your teeth are going to thank you if you just call him at 317-849-2933. Let's talk about what's going on tonight. Simultaneously, you've got three events that I would want to watch if they were on individually. This is not good for me. I like scheduling that makes a little bit of sense here in central Indiana, given our sports interests and our hunger for college and professional basketball this time of year. First, the Pacers taking on the Bucks, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Do the Pacers have a chance? Will Victor Oladipo play? All of these questions, we got to see what happens. I, this is a game that I would be really and am really excited about. Butler, senior night, taking on St. John's at Hinklefield House. The final games at Hinklefield House for Sean McDermott, Kamar Baldwin, Henry Badley, and Derek Smits. That's a big game. It's also a huge game because they're playing St. John's. They've got to be able to beat St. John's at Henkel in order to continue to bolster their NCAA resume and get into the tournament with a reasonable seed. I love them in the sixth line. If they win tonight, I think they wind up being a six seed. Six seeds, at the very least, you don't have to play a one until you're way down the road. I love Butler being a six seed. We'll talk about senior night in a minute. Then in Bloomington, same time, 7 o'clock at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, the Hoosiers are going to take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They've got a losing record, but look, the last two losses for Minnesota, Maryland and Wisconsin, those two games decided by a total of three points. This is not a bad basketball team. They just have trouble closing games. Hey, know what? They've got that in common with Indiana, don't they? Indiana coming off a loss at Illinois, a one-point loss, and a couple of weeks ago, they lost by a single point to Maryland. If somehow or another, they get one more bucket in each of those games. You're not having this conversation right now about whether Indiana is going to get into the NCAA field. They would be 10-8 and with a bunch of quad one wins, no quad three or four losses, and you'd feel really good about yourself. But you don't feel good about yourself because you did lose those games, and so you must win tonight at home against Minnesota. 
That sets up a game on Saturday against Wisconsin at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, senior night for two seniors, Deron Davis and Devontae Green. And you can make a really strong case that if Indiana does not win both these games, in particular this game tonight, if they don't win this game tonight, they might wind up in the NIT. And if they wind up in the NIT, number one, what a shame that would be. Number two, it would be, this would be the first senior class that will have matriculated through Indiana University for four years where these guys did not qualify for one single NCAA tournament during their time at IU going all the way back to 1972 when the NCAA tournament only had a 25-team field. 68 now. You missed the field of 68 four straight years. Where the hell is your basketball program? This is the kind of game that if Archie Miller is a terrific coach and a guy who respects toughness and instills toughness, Indiana is going to win this game. Last night, we saw some toughness from the Purdue Boilermakers, right? Boilermakers, they go into Iowa where not a single Big Ten team had won a game this season. It's senior night at Iowa. Still, Butler comes in and they absolutely controlled that basketball game. How'd they do it? They just played harder for 40 minutes. That's how you win in the Big Ten. Schematics, they're all roughly equivalent at this point. There's a a separation in talent a little bit, but the real point of differentiation that's meaningful, that comes on the effort end of the scale. And Indiana's effort has not been consistent for 40 minutes in too many games this year. I think, really, one of the games where they did show effort for 40 minutes was up at the barn beating Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. That was a good road win for the Indiana Hoosiers. I thought that they showed real tenacity for 40 minutes against Illinois in Champaign this past weekend. They're going to have to do the same thing. They did that in in Bloomington against Penn State, too. But they've got to do it tonight. It's going to be on the effort end that Indiana wins this game tonight. And if they lose this game tonight, really, some of this talk, it's so comical to me in in a couple of different angles from a couple of different perspectives. Um, The talk about Archie Miller not being the right coach for Indiana. Uh, When Indiana was losing game after game, people thought that John Beeline might replace Archie Miller by the end of the season or at the end of this season, then, or they at least argued that it was going to happen. Anybody who thinks that Fred Glass, as his last act as the athletic director, is going to pull the plug on Archie Miller after three years is deranged. Look, the buyout is way too rich for Indiana's blood. They would have to pay him every dollar he is owed through the 23-24 season. That is not going to happen. So any argument that he will be replaced is cockamamie, nut, nutty, all right? However... The argument that he should be replaced uh, went away entirely when Indiana won three of four games, which ended a couple of games ago uh, as they lost on the road to Purdue and on the road to Illinois. If Indiana loses tonight, uh, the fires of that argument would be restoked. And, and not just restoked, but would have gasoline thrown on them. Because really, what you're doing now, and we talked to Jeff Meyer about this, the assistant coach at Butler and the guy who's been on the staff at Indiana and Purdue, by the way. Uh, Jeff Meyer said, at this point in the season, what you're coaching is heart. They know everything they're going to know about the game. They're the shooters that they're going to be. This is not developmental when you get to this point in the season. They are who they are. 
what you're trying to coach is great effort out of your team. And that's what Indiana needs. And they need a guy who's going to be able to do it because, at least as things stand right now, Indiana is not going to out-talent a lot of teams. So they've got to out-effort teams. And if they can't do that tonight with all that's on the line in tonight's game against Minnesota, when the hell are they going to do it? And if Archie Miller can't get this team to play hard for 40 minutes tonight, when the hell is that going to happen? And so a legitimate conversation, depending upon these last two regular season games, is going to be able to be had by people believing both that Archie Miller should stay and that Archie Miller should go. You can talk about should, you cannot talk about will, because Fred Glass is not going to fire Archie Miller, and whoever takes the reins of the athletic department after Fred Glass finally retires at the end of this uh, academic year, they're not going to walk in and shoot the the basketball coach either. That is a big-time hire. You get maybe one opportunity to get that thing right. Other than that, you are uh, you're probably going to give over the athletic department to somebody else when it comes time to replace a basketball coach that you failed to hire correctly. I'm not saying that Archie Miller's the wrong guy. I believe at this point he's done a lot of really good things. I love the way he's recruiting the state of Indiana. Caleb First is going to Purdue, but you know what? Caleb First always looked like a Purdue guy. 6'8", shoulders, so he's got to turn sideways when he walks through a door. That's just who he is. That's what Purdue always is. He's a kid that IU fans are going to hate for the four years that he plays at Purdue from 2021-22 through 24-25. That's fine. You lose a kid like that, it's okay. Trey Kaufman, I think he's got to go to Bloomington. All right, Christian Lander, he's going to come to Bloomington. You've got to be able to recruit the state of Indiana at a very high level, and if you cannot do that, you cannot win at Indiana. If you don't recruit the state of Indiana at Purdue, you're not going to win at Purdue. Look at Purdue when they've been historically really good. They did a great job of recruiting Northwest Indiana. Etwan Moore, terrific get back in 2007. Robbie Hummel, Scott Martin, although Martin didn't last very long. Juwan Johnson, that class. If you can get that kind of class to Purdue once every four years, you're going to be in a conversation for a Final Four, and you're going to win Big Ten championships. That happens at Purdue. If you recruit Indianapolis South for IU, you got a chance to win a lot of basketball games, but you've got to get Indianapolis kids to play in Bloomington. Anyway, let's talk about senior night at Butler. They take on St. John's. This is a game that Butler should win. They've had a tough time stringing together wins over the past three or four weeks. They were fifth in the country. They are not fifth in the country anymore, but they're still listed as a sixth seed after their win against DePaul over the weekend. St. John's, one of the two bottom feeders in the uh, in the Big East, but look, don't take St. John's lightly. They beat Creighton at St. John's by 20 over the weekend. This is going to be a tough get for Butler. They've got to take really good care of the basketball. They've got to be very smart. They've got to be efficient on the offensive end, and they have got to out-rebound St. John's. You do that, you're going to win this game. Lost in all the quality basketball that's going to be played at, at Henkel is going to be the senior night celebration honoring Kamar Baldwin, uh, Sean McDermott, Henry Badley, and Derek Smith. Being uh, honored on senior night really I don't think means a lot for the players necessarily, but it means a hell of a lot for the families of the players. The players, they still got more to do. They're still thinking about tomorrow. 
right? Whatever happens tonight, Butler's going to practice tomorrow. They're going to go to Xavier over the weekend, and they're going to try to get that win, and then they're going to prepare for the Big East tournament and then the NCAA tournament. That's how this works. It's all about tomorrow. This is all about process at Butler. But these guys at some point are going to reflect upon these moments at Butler as as kind of transformational in their lives. These four years, five in the case of McDermott, are so important as to these young men develop as adults. Sean McDermott came to Butler not not believing necessarily that he belonged at Butler. He was too skinny to play. When Terry Johnson, who was an assistant coach at Butler a few years ago, now he's at Ohio State with Chris Holtman and uh, and uh, Ryan Peden and, and that whole group. When he was at Butler, I said, who's your best defensive player? And he said, Sean McDermott. And I thought, well, that can't be. He, he must think, uh, you know, something that somebody else is Sean McDermott. But no, that he sees it every day or he saw it every day in practice. And he understood that Sean McDermott was balling out every single practice, trying to become better at, at defense, getting in the weight room, figuring out a way to contribute to that team in ways other than shooting the basketball, which he was already really good at. He came to Butler as a really, really good shooter. Sean McDermott and Kamar Baldwin talked to us yesterday on Sports Nothing But Sports, and Henry Badley too, about how they've developed as leaders. You look at these guys, and this is kind of the joy of being part of the media and watching these guys progress from who they were as freshmen to what they are now as seniors. And at Butler, they talk about Butler being a place where basketball players develop, right? It's a developmental program. It has to be. They're not going to go out and get a bunch of top 30 guys. Butler is never going to go to a national championship game by out-recruiting everybody. What they're going to do is go get guys who fill that, that Purdue cultural mold and then work really, really hard to develop their game. So assistant coaches are hired who are good at developing. Head coaches are hired who are good at developing. And then you see over a period of time, these guys kind of take strides in their games, but as human beings too. And so that when they graduate, that degree doesn't just represent that they've been residents at Butler for four years, but they've gotten an education, not just in the classroom, not just in life, not just on the basketball court, but a a wide-ranging kind of circumspect education that's going to suit them really, really well when they get into the outside world, and that time is coming soon for these guys. They may play in Europe. They may play in the G League. I don't know where they're going to play. I don't think any of these guys are going to play in the NBA. I can't see Kamar Baldwin playing in the NBA. I can't see Sean McDermott, Henry Badley, or Derek Smith playing in the NBA, but I can see them all contributing overseas and making a lot of money playing. So basketball is going to continue for these guys, and then all of a sudden they're going to be adults, and they're going to be fathers, and they're going to be husbands, and they're going to move on into life, and it's going to be those lessons that they learned at Butler that will sustain them during times of adversity. And that's what senior day is to me. My son played basketball at Loyola of Chicago. So he had a senior day at Loyola. And But that wasn't the senior day that was meaningful to me. It, it was interesting because Loyola in 2011, which was his last year playing college basketball, uh, Loyola was the opponent for Butler's senior day. And so he, two of his old AU teammates, Zach Hahn and Matt Howard, 
were honored uh, during the senior day festivities at Henkel that day. Um, before the game, I went up, as I would always do, go talk to the Hans, Andy and Connie. And, and if Jordan was there, Zach's little brother, I'd go talk to him too. And I would talk to the Howards. Because uh, getting a hug from Linda Howard's terrific, and and Stan Howard always had some wisdom to impart, and his brothers and sisters are are good family friends, uh, so we would spend time together, and and so I walked up to Connie Hahn, and Connie said, "How are you dealing with it?" And I said, "Dealing with what?" Because Ryan's basketball career had not been exactly what he had envisioned when he was uh, at Loyal of Chicago. And and so this was this was not some glorious boy. Let's look back at the last four years of wonderment type of uh, of, of philosophy that we had about this. It, it wasn't like you were getting to the end of a death march either, but it was somewhere in between. For the Butler guys, it was completely different. Playing for Brad Stevens, going to the national championship game the year before, preparing at that point to go to the national championship game again. You know, that was a family, and that was really meaningful, not just for the kids and the coaches, but for the families of the kids, too. So, Connie asking me how I was dealing with it, I, I kind of laughed. I said, we're dealing with it all right. And and she looked at me kind of oddly, and we had another couple of minutes of conversation, and I walked away, and I was like, you know what, she's right, this is it. This is the last time Ryan's going to play meaningful basketball at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And while Ryan didn't play for Butler, he did go to Barry Collier's camp, and he did go to Thad Mata's camp, and he'd spent a lot of time at, at Butler. He played in the city-county all-star game at Henkel Fieldhouse. He'd been a ball boy for a semi-state game back in, like, whenever it was, 2003 or, or 2001, whenever they played uh, that right that, uh, yeah, high school semi-state game. I, I think he and Kyle Miller were sixth graders. So a lot of history for the Sterlings and for Ryan at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And so I walked away, and all of a sudden I got hit with this wave of emotion. And, and I, I thought, um, and, and I, I don't pray much. Like there's, there's really almost no time at which I think prayer is the right answer for any like adversarial challenge or, or any dreams that you might have for yourself or for someone else. But this time I, I got back to my seat right behind the Loyola bench and, and said a little silent prayer. And I kept thinking about it that Ryan would have one more moment of bliss playing basketball. And, and so as the game went on, between Butler and Loyola, Ryan wasn't going to get into the game unless the game was, you know, and Jim Weitzel, the coach at Loyola, was really always good about understanding that Ryan was from Indianapolis and playing any period of time at Hinkle Fieldhouse was going to be meaningful for him. So I think, uh, I think Loyola was down by 14. And there are, uh, there's about a minute left. And so Jim tells Ryan to go report, and the clock's ticking, and the clock's ticking, and the clock's ticking. And Ryan finally gets in with 14 seconds left. And the guys who are on the floor tell Ryan to come get the inbounds. So they inbound to Ryan, and Butler, for whatever reason, is pressing. I don't understand why this is, but they're harassing Ryan in the backcourt. And so Ryan uses a multitude of cross cross screens set by Andy Polka. As he moves his way down the floor, 
And and Andy is just setting one screen after another. And finally, Ryan comes off a screen from about 23 feet and rises up to shoot toward the buzzer. And I, in fact, I think it was at the buzzer. Maybe he let it go with two seconds left. And Matt Howard is defending Ryan and stretches as long as he can to try to block Ryan's shot. And I thought, what the hell are you doing? Really, you want to send this kid into his, his final good night as a basketball player, as an active player for Loyola, or really anywhere else, with a blocked shot? This is what you want to do, Matthew? What the hell kind of a family friend are you? So anyway, Ryan elevates, and he releases, and it just gets over the tips of Matt's fingers. And it's a high-arcing shot, like all of Ryan's shots were. It hits the front of the rim, careens off the backboard, back into the front of the rim, off the backboard, and then down. It goes and flushes. And, um, you know, Ryan, over the course of his life, whether it was hitting game winners in high school or AAU basketball or during the times he played meaningful minutes at Loyola, um, that was the only time that I can remember ever thinking, please, dear God, let that ball go into the basket. And when it went into the basket, I don't remember if I, if I shed a tear or what, but I don't recall ever being that emotional at, at one of Ryan's games. It's just odd the way this kind of thing hits families and, and the way people watch basketball as you watch your kid. And, and what people know and, and what most people don't understand, coaches get this certainly, but parents, I think, get it especially for the kids who really work hard at it is they understand every hour that these kids have have put in to making themselves as good as they can be. Those moments on the court, those those Saturday afternoons where a dad and a kid had to find an open door to high school so they could sneak into the gym and get up 500 shots. You know, from the time the kids ate until the time, you know, the kid's 22 and is graduating from college, breaking into schools to go get up extra shots, knowing where the light switches are in a bunch of, a bunch of gyms, knowing where in an elementary school you can, uh, you can get into the place and then work the buckets so they come down and you can get up a bunch of shots. You know, all those hours, all that toil, all the tumult, all the chaos of growing up, not knowing for whom you're going to play, being recruited, not knowing for whom you're going to play in the summer, but finding your way to being selected by a terrific group of people coached by guys as good as Pat Mullen and Tom O'Brien, Matt Bax, also Travis Steele, uh, an assistant coach for that AAU team. All of those moments, they kind of come to a crescendo on senior day or senior night in this case. And so for families, it's going to be very emotional. Most fans are going to go watch and they're going to think, hey, Kamar, let's hit a shot. How about creating a little bit of space and get to the rim? McDermott, what are you doing? You're thinking those things. What the families are going to be thinking, they're going to be reflecting on a lifetime spent engaged in a game that these kids love, that at times that these kids will cherish, friendships that will last far beyond their basketball lives, that's what they're going to be thinking about tonight. They're going to be thinking about the end of the road and how profoundly sad that can be, but how energizing it can be as well. That's what's going to be going on down at Butler tonight, and that's what's going to go on at Indiana on Saturday as Devontae Green and Deron Davis 
celebrate their final game at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. There's still going to be more work to do for all of them, but they're going to have a little bit of time to reflect, understand how far they've come, and even if life didn't turn out and basketball didn't turn out the way they had hoped, and certainly in this case, Devontae Green, at least to this point, Devontae Green and Deron Davis um, are not going to look back at their time at IU and believe that all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed and the boxes were checked during compared to what their dreams were when they first showed up on the Bloomington campus. And the underclassmen are going to think, man, you know, these it's ending for these guys, but it's never going to end for me. I got plenty of time left. You know what? You don't. It comes to an end for everyone. And what you owe that team and what you owe each other is maximum effort Every second you're on the floor, because every time you fail to bring max effort, you, you wind up disappointing the game, and you wind up failing the game, and more importantly, you wind up failing yourself. And that's what you learn through a, competitive, or a career in competitive sports. You learn that you got to take it seriously every time you walk out onto the floor, whether you play 28 games a season, 32 games a season, 82 games a season, 16 games a season, whatever it is. You got to show up and show out every single night because if you don't, you'll take it to your graves. That's Sports Another But Sports for Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. Come back tomorrow to uh, Facebook Live at 8 o'clock, Breakfast with Kent. We'll talk about what happened tonight. You can only watch one of these games at a time, right, unless you got three TVs. And in that case, you're really watching none, right, because you can't pay attention to all of it at a similar level, and you just can't. If you're not focusing on one, you're not focusing on any. It's, it's kind of like having more than one starting quarterback. If you've got more than one starting quarterback, you don't have any. Uh, Periscope Live and Twitter Live immediately following the Facebook Live show. It's a show so nice we do it twice. You can also uh, see it on YouTube as well. I cannot wait to talk to you tomorrow, and hopefully we're celebrating wins by the Pacers, although that's a long shot. Indiana, that seems to be about a coin flip, and Butler, which had better come home. They had better win this game. I'm not parlaying these three games. i got to tell you the truth. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. All brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.